Welcome to the D1 Softball Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Henry. As always, we are excited to bring you the best of the best in college softball. After the show, head on over to d1softball.com for the latest stories, coaching scoop, international softball news, fall schedules, and more. If you subscribe today, you can use Podcast 20. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T 20 for 20% off an annual subscription. The D1 Softball Podcast is sponsored by Bat Club USA. Bat Club USA is a subscription service for premium baseball and softball equipment. In 2016, co-founders Eric and Oscar realized there's a huge performance gap between top-tier bats and the ones most people can actually afford. So they started Bat Club. Since then, parents have been able to give their kids the best bats in the game at an affordable monthly payment. Learn how you can give your little slugger access to the best bat for their swing starting at $20 per month by visiting batclubusa.com. We are excited for today's new episode that features Amanda Lorenz, U.S. Women's National Team member, pro softball player, former All-American at Florida, and now getting into uh, the coaching space. Uh, Super excited for her to join us today. Re, my co-host, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I am, uh, I'm doing great seeing some of the country, traveling a little bit, so it's fine. How are you doing? Nice, I'm good. Uh, let's get into it. We had, you know, a couple news newsy uh, items this past week. Number one being Oklahoma was on ESPN Plus uh, twice, has been on ESPN twice uh, this week, so it's it's great to see softball back on TV and I had, I mean, I think it was a sellout crowd of 1200 uh, for fall ball. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, that was pretty impressive to see. I saw a lot of people that were at the game tweeting from the game and then uh, obviously wa- tried to watch a little bit of it too. Uh, so great to see. We got to see a little bit of Sirocco, Jordy ball back in the circle and yeah it's been really uh you know just getting to see all the new players they have and stuff for this for the people are really attracted to that they got so many big time transfers so you can see how that would sell out really quick and and be a hit and uh, they're actually i think for for they're one of the programs that actually charges for uh because they have such demand they charge for fall ball which is pretty amazing so that's oklahoma softball and up on the site we started we finally started our fall reports this week re-kicked us off with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Courtney Dyfel uh, is back again uh, at the helm for the Hogs. Excited to see how they do uh, heading into the 2023 season. It's funny because she always said, you know, you know, how are you going to replace a, a, a Danielle Gibson or a Braxton Burnside when they said that? But I uh, really like uh, her insight. And, and what do you got, Re, on the, the Razorbacks? Yeah, they've got some good transfers coming in that fit the spots they're looking to kind of fill. Obviously, you can't replace that, but they do have Janice Dells back. Um, they've got some pretty, ex- they're pretty excited about some of their freshmen coming in, and they've got some really, really high-level transfers. So Courtney didn't sound, she sounded really excited about it, and she didn't sound like they would, uh, she didn't think that they would be missing a beat after last year capturing their second straight SEC title. So there's a lot of good info in that fall report. I suggest you check it out. If I, I don't want to give away too much. We want people to read it, but um, she's very excited about this team and she's got a lot of confidence in them. So Arkansas Razorbacks, then we had Weber State uh, up there, Graham Hayes, another great fall report on what's happening uh, there. And then 
Virginia Tech uh, as well. The Hokies uh, with Emma Lemley. Uh, Pete Dumore is having what Ray talked to him about a little bit about this tea time. So some some meetings with his players uh, to get to know them and not talk so much about softball, but everything else but softball. Yeah, he's had to, you know, he wanted to try to get his players to know him on a, on a little bit more of a level, you know, really just five minute quick sessions, but just making sure they're talking to a coach every week, at least, you know, um, and he learned that like the new phrase is spill the tea that the kids use these days, you know, he used to say like coffee talk or something, but so that's why they call it tea time because they get to spill the tea. So it was, he was trying to be a uh, hip and up to date on his uh, terminology there. So that's why they named it that. And he said, if it ever gets lame and you don't like it, tell me and we'll stop. But so far they have, they've liked it. So it's been good, good way to get to know everyone there. I love it. So, well, we have in follow reports every day up on the site and gosh, so much great information to get you ready heading in to season. That's fall reports up on d1softball.com. And let's get into the guests today. Re, who do we got on the pod today? Yeah, we have, as you said at the top, Amanda Lorenz, who um, was, she obviously a former Florida All-American, was coaching at Florida for a few years, but has now moved, and she's no longer going to be on the Florida staff because her boy, longtime boyfriend is a baseball coach at Clemson. So they're up there. They're just moving in. Um, she's going to be doing a lot of camps and clinics with kids. She's got a few that she's going to talk about that is upcoming. That pretty awesome experience if you're in any of those areas with some of the lineup they have of former college stars and the current, you know, national team members. Um, so she just kind of gives us an insight about like what it takes to be a player at the college level, kind of what she, what the taste of coaching she got and just some insight into the Olympic team too. And kind of that experience that she's, I mean, the national team, I'm sorry, fingers crossed the Olympic team again, but the national team and her experience there and what, what it was like and um, just a really good insight from her and kind of just her approach to hitting as well. All right, here she is, uh, Amanda Lorenz. Our guest today on the D1 Softball Podcast is former Florida All-American and current U.S. National Team member Amanda Lorenz. Lorenz just finished the Athletes Unlimited season and has relocated and will tell us all about that once we get into questions. Um, everyone knows her, I'm sure, that follows softball. So thank you for joining us, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, let's kind of let's talk about that because we are a D1 softball podcast, so college is prominent. You have just stepped away from you were coaching at Florida after you graduated um, and you relocated to Clemson, where uh, I actually spoke to the head coach, John Rittman, who's already kind of been recruiting you. I heard a little bit jokingly <laughs> because your boyfriend, Griff, is a assistant on the for the baseball team. So tell us a little bit about that move and kind of what, you know, what prompted that. Yeah, so um, I had been in Gainesville for seven years. So I had stayed after I was done playing, stayed on staff as a student coach. And then the past two years was the volunteer assistant. And I love Gainesville so much. And I would have stayed there forever. But um, my boyfriend Griffin and I have been long distance for a really long time. And it was kind of time to make that next step. And um, he got an amazing opportunity here at Clemson. He's coaching um, with their baseball team. And, and so I'm, I'm moving, I moved here and um, so far so good. It's nice to, I'm not coaching with, with Clemson softball. So I helped out at one of their camps, but for the most part, I'm just taking it slower and focusing on me and training. And um, it's been pretty nice. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I think a lot of people just assume, oh, she's at Clemson, she's going to be helping out. I know, like I said, Coach Ritman was 
you know, anytime you want your knowledge there, he's willing to take it, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure you have enough stuff on your plate. So, and let's kind of talk about that. Obviously you're playing with the national team and playing AU and doing some professional things. And, but how was the national team experience this summer? Cause it's kind of like a changing of the guard there this summer. And, and how was it through your prism? What, what did you feel about the experience in the, in the, uh, the events that you guys participated in? Oh, totally. It was, it was just absolutely surreal. I think that, um, you know, growing up, I feel like my goal of playing for Team USA was, was more prevalent than playing in college. Honestly, watching that 2008 Olympic team like sparked so many dreams and passions for me. So um, definitely full circle. And, and I was so thankful to, to make the roster. I, I played on the elite team twice as a pickup player, but have never actually gone into a tryout and then have seen my name, like as in like making, making the roster. So um, it was, su- I was super shocked um, and stunned <laughs> um, um, because it's been a lot of tryouts, but I just really have never performed well. And so, um, but I didn't feel like this trial was any, any different. So it was, I was really shocked, um, but it was so fun. I was a little nervous how it was going to shake out. We were only together for like two and a half weeks, if that, um, just played with them for the world games. So it was a part of the world games roster and we played in Birmingham. Um, but that was my first time playing with Haley McClenney. And I think that that was probably, um, the biggest highlight was getting to learn from her and, and play alongside her because she's just absolutely the best of the best in in all aspects of life. Like it, young softballers, if you're listening, like that is the type of human and softball player that you guys should be looking up to just the way that she is as a leader, as a teammate. And she's just an A plus human. So I think it was just so cool for me to like play alongside her, learn from her and just soak it all in. I had so much fun, um, playing with some of the vets, playing with some of the young ones. And, um, it was just surreal having my parents in the stands, hearing, hearing like 10,000 people scream USA, like as we're on the field, it was like what I had dreamed of, you know, my whole life. So, um, it was, it was, it blew any expectation I had out of, out of the water. It was just, it, I had so much fun and really, really enjoyed my time. Yeah. You look like it when you, and it sounded like it too. And all the, you know, the, and you played like it. I think when you play <laughs> fun, you can tell. Um, and you were mentioning, I mean, you got the chance to play with Haley and, but also, you know, it, with athletes unlimited, it's giving you guys a chance to kind of play with each other, maybe play with that you've always kind of dreamed of playing about. How has that experience been in playing there? We've, you know, we see it, we get to watch it. Great, gratefully that it's on ESPN more. But yeah. for you, why did you decide that was a step you wanted to take? And what has been the benefits from that for you? Um, I just think like I did not play in season one. I had already committed to being the volunteer at Florida and it kind of bled into the first part of fall. And so I just really didn't want to miss anything. And so I think after seeing how season one went, just looked like all the athletes really enjoyed themselves and and had so much fun. And the competition just looked so elite, like every moment really mattered. So obviously I really wanted to be a part of it for season two, because I love competing and that really felt like every moment mattered. And, you know, that just gives you back the feeling of how it felt in college. Um, And so season two was, was awesome. I had so much fun. So I knew I wanted to return for season three, but I think the unique part about Athletes Unlimited is obviously we're with new people each week, um, a new team, but it's just full of amazing, amazing humans. So um, it's so fun getting to learn from the people around you, meeting new people. And um, it's really just such a fun, fun experience. And you, you've been, you know, 
I, I, you know, you, you grew up obviously wanting to, like you said, USA college was always a big thing. And there's so many of our listeners that have, you know, either are wanting to do that or have kids that are wanting to do that. The advice you would give for, for some players looking to play in college, what, what, what have you maybe learned that maybe you would wish you'd known? And then kind of what, you know, at any level, what, what would your best piece of advice be if someone said my daughter or I want to play a college softball? Um, I don't, I really don't know that there's like a certain piece of information that I wish I knew. The only thing I would say is like, if like, you know, that saying goes around a lot, like, um, I'm much more than a softball player. Like I'm not defined by my sport. Like, and while that's so true, like I am so proud to like be Amanda, the softball player. And I feel like I don't view it in a negative way and never have my whole life. Like that was like a huge identifying factor for me because it was like, it made me who I am. And like so much of my life revolved and still does obviously, but more so when I was growing up, so much of my life revolved around softball. And it was like, so easy though. Like I was so happy. Like it was the the easiest. I never felt like I was sacrificing anything. So working the way that I worked, like reflected that because I had to miss so many things because of practice or training or all the things, but like, I wasn't sad about that or mad. So therefore it bled into my training. Like I loved every second of practice and getting better. And I think that shows in my passion when I play. And so obviously that caught the eye of, of college coaches. Um, but you're going to find a place that's, that's meant for you. I think that everybody grows up and has these like high goals, but if you have these high goals, your work ethic and your talent level better match that or else you're not going to really measure up to what you think. And that's going to be a little disappointing. So if you have different goals and different work ethic, like find a school that will match that as well, because there's so many schools that you can go to and have a life outside of softball. But I didn't want that. I wanted to win and I wanted like softball in school to be my main priority. Yeah. I wanted to have fun too, but I didn't need to be involved in any other things other than my sport. So basically just know your personality and know what you want. Yeah. Be realistic. Be realistic. And it's okay. If you don't want to go to Florida or Oklahoma or UCLA, like that's okay. Like find a school that matches up with who you are, your, your dreams, your goals, all the things. Yeah. I don't think I ever met a person that like literally loved their school more than you, like in eighth, I think it was like ninth grade you committed before the junior year thing. And you like never wavered. You were like all Florida all the time throughout high school. I just, I was always amazed at how much like just it was your passion. Like there was no doubt you wanted to go to Florida. Yeah. And I think it's so funny that I like thought I loved UF like then, like I was like, I had no idea. Truly. Like I loved it and was excited. But like, once I got on campus, it was like, I thought, first of all, I thought that these people were kind of insane, like from the South about how they feel about schools and like how like loyal they are. And it's like, now I am that crazy. Like, I'm like, I freaking bleed orange and blue. Like when I die, bury me in Gainesville, Florida. Like I love Florida so much. And just like what those people did for me and how that place made me feel. I just like know that I wouldn't be me or have grown up the way that I have throughout those like such important years of my life without being at the University of Florida. So I love it with my whole heart. Yeah, like I said, it was it was evident then. And that's a but obviously you stayed so long. You know, some people are like, hey, I need to get out of here after a while, but you, you know, it kind of took a while to force you to get out of there. So it shows how much you loved it. Um, when you were at like you you were saying, like match what you want, but when you're at a place like that, what 
what goes into a day for you? Like, what is like realistic, like training? Cause I know, you know, there's hours limits and everything, but knowing you, you probably went somewhere that, you know, didn't count against the hours and still worked out. But <laughs> just give an idea, people an idea of kind of like your, a typical day. Cause it's not easy for, for college athletes, especially at that high division one level. Yeah, totally. I think, um, so coming in as a freshman, um, during the fall, we had weekends off. So we would go Monday through Friday. Um, that's like during eight hour weeks. So for those of you that don't know, eight hour weeks, that usually means individuals and then 20 hour weeks start team practices. So for eight hour weeks, we would run three times a week. So we would have 6am runs Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and team lifts Tuesday, Thursday. And then Monday through Friday, we had individual time. So, um, so a Monday would be a 6am run. Then I would, we would go to team breakfast at like the athlete dining hall. Then if I didn't have class, I would go home, shower and take a little nap, then go to class. And then once I was done with class, I'd grab a quick bite to eat and go hit before individuals. I would go hit on my own and then hit during individuals, obviously practice. And then, um, but I had a lot of online classes my first couple of years. And so it was awesome because I could sleep when I needed to, and I could be at practice early every single day, um, hitting, I love hitting. I'm a huge hitting nerd. So it was just so awesome to like be able to make my own schedule and get my schooling done. And I always did school was big priority, but it was just so great that class never conflicted with me getting early work in before, before, um, practice. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into being a student athlete. Like, I mean, in season, it gets even crazier, right? I mean, it's just more, it's like, you never yeah, just more more um missing class which is you know a little intimidating and so it's just about communicating with professors and making sure that you're on top of things because the second that you let things slip it becomes really overwhelming on your one off day you are ending up doing like eight to ten hours of schoolwork when if you were on top of it you could only do like two hours and then go by the pool Take us through, like, like you said, I, you're, you're a hitting nerd. What is a typical, like, what do you do? What's a typical hitting workout for you? Kind of how, how dialed in are you like with your hitting and kind of what things you do either in the cages or even on video too, if you're doing that? Yeah, I think that, um, one, like growing up, I was surrounded by really amazing coaches that gave me very simple tools that I like bought into when I was really young. So I don't think like I ever had this, like, elaborate hitting routine. Like, honestly, I just hit a ton. Um, I like to hit off of the tee and especially in college, like I hit, like I'm not as youthful as I was in college. So I don't need as many swings as I did before, but, um, I just, I would hit a lot off the tee. Like I completely perfected, um, all of my swings at different locations off of the tee. And because I could, you know, it's a very, it's an environment where I can control where the ball is and how my body feels. So I feel like once I master that, then I can move to a moving ball. Um, so I do a lot of low tee, high tee, like inside, outside, and just, I usually start with my strength, move on to some weaknesses and then end with my strength. Cause I want to move on to the next drill of like feeling like I have control of my body, but really just found a, found a routine that works for me and then stuck with it. And if something wasn't working, then, you know, there might've been little, little tweaks here and there that I would do throughout, throughout the years. But eventually the, the most, most of the time, the routine has stayed the same of just starting and spending and taking my time off the tee. Yeah. A lot of tea work involved and you've developed a very discerning eye. Is that something you've always had, or do you work at that too, in terms of, you know, you're very, you know, pitch in terms of like pitch selection and everything. Um, I think that I've just always 
always been that way. I didn't have like necessarily someone tell me or, or work on that, but, um, I think it got like a little bit bigger or, and like everyone has an adjustment getting into college and, and facing, facing elite pitching and elite pitch callers, which I think is more, more, more of the hardest battle than, than just the pitchers. But, um, I would get really frustrated, like my freshman year of college and, and the first question ended up being from coach Walton, like, was it a ball or a strike? And if the answer was, it was a ball, then I wasn't allowed to be mad because your swing isn't set up to hit balls. It's set to hit strikes. And so that helped a lot when I would get really frustrated. And because obviously, like, even though I was a freshman, I had really high expectations of myself. And so it kind of helped with getting the negative thoughts out of my head. If, if I swung at a ball, it went, didn't go from like, why did I, why was my body in this position? Like, why did I pop that up? All the things it was like, why am I swinging at that pitch? That's not a pitch that I can do some damage with. So yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's, and like you said, with all the pitch calling and stuff going, they they pretty much know every single like if there is any holes in your swing, they're gonna find it. Yeah, exactly. When, once you got into the coaching realm, what was maybe something that you discovered that maybe you didn't realize, or something you learned being a coach that you know you didn't have that vantage point as a player? Was there anything? Um, I think actually what helped me was playing um, playing professionally. I think that. Um, that transition right after I was done, I knew that I was going to be a student coach that, that fall. So, um, learning from my teammates on the pride and then learning from my teammates with athletes unlimited helped me so much because I only knew what I knew and what worked for me. And I think the most beautiful, best thing about hitting is that you can do it a million different ways and be successful. So I learned so much from other teammates and what their triggers are or what their plans are that necessarily I've never thought about. And I've never put with my swing and what I've learned, but it helped me so much being a coach because then I could look and be like, Hey, like this person tries this, like, what about this? So I think it was more like learning from my peers helped me a lot. Um, transitioning right away. Do you plan, obviously you've stepped aside, but do you, is coaching something that you want to do still in the future or what, what do you feel like maybe after, after your pro career ends, what you want to do? I'm not really sure. I, um, obviously love softball and I'm really, really passionate about the game. Um, I'm going to start some, some clinics here this fall and, and, um, get to work with the youth a lot and we'll see like how that feels. I know there's nothing different than like helping at your university and like my pride for the university of Florida. And just like, I want to help Florida win, you know? And like right now at this stage of my life, I like really just like, don't, don't see myself coaching anywhere else. I'm like, I can't, I can't picture helping someone else win. Like I am all in for the Gators. So I know like, you know, everyone has to make that jump usually, but, um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to explore what it, what, um, how I feel like working with the youth and, um, and helping them at the grassroots level. And, um, you know, eventually want to get married and have kids and, you know, we'll see, we'll see where that takes me. But, um, with my boyfriend being in coaching and in college athletics, it'd be very, very difficult. I know it could be done, but it'd be really, really difficult for both of us to be, to be, um, coaches. So I don't know. I think that I will stay in softball in some capacity for the rest of my life. I just know that, um, this passion ain't ever going away. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, you have a clinic that you're doing pretty soon coming up. It's, it looks pretty sweet. So I, I want you to tell us more about that and maybe how the listeners can either take part or have their kids take part. So just give us some more background information on kind of who you're doing it with and what it's going to entail and, and the dates and everything. 
Yeah. So, um, Sis Bates and Aaliyah Andrews. So Sis, obviously all American from the university of Washington and, um, Aaliyah Andrews, all American from LSU. They have been doing some defensive clinics called glove works. Um, and so they've done a few of those, and then I'm going to join them, um, in Gulf Shores, Alabama, um, October 14th. And, um, it's going to be a glove works clinic plus hitting. So, um, I'm going to be running the hitting portion and, um, we're working on finalizing some other dates around, around the South, um, South part of the country for, for the rest of the year. But, um, as of now, that's the one that's confirmed. So doing Gulf Shores, Alabama, um, October 14th. And I'm really excited to learn alongside Sis and Leah. So they've been teaching infields and outfields. Um, and obviously they're both really passionate about defense. And so it's really exciting um, for the youth at the grassroots level to learn from people like that, that value defense so much because it's so important. And then I'm going to come in and, and blow your mind with some hitting stuff. So, <laughs> but, but I just really love working with them and they're great friends. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, well, your defense isn't too shabby either. So you could contribute there as well. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I'll help for sure. But, but they're definitely running the show as they should. Is there any place people can go? Is there like a, a place you can point them to or where they can check it out? Yes, it's posted on my Instagram. The link is posted on my Instagram at Amanda Lorenz. So, and message me if you have any issues, but. Anyone that's within driving distance should definitely take part in that. It's amazing. And I know you're busy, Amanda. I know you got to do a whole bunch of stuff. Probably go hit some more after we talk, after we're <laughs> off. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today in the D1 Softball Podcast. And we'll definitely have you on in the future. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go Gators. Amanda Lorenz, All-American at Florida. So incredible to watch, too, and Athletes Unlimited. Just a huge fan of Amanda. And bummed I missed the interview, but uh, love what she had to say. And I've been able to spend a lot of time with Amanda here in California for various camps and stuff. And gosh, she's just such a great human. Yeah, she's awesome. I, I covered Amanda since she was, I think, nine or 10 years old in Moore Park, California. Um, and she's always been just as dedicated and just as serious about her approach to softball as she is now and just as passionate. I think that's what really, and when I think of Amanda, I think of someone super passionate and super just anything she's around softball, she just, her eyes light up. So um, it was good to get some of her, you know, some of her advice for younger kids and always could I could talk to her forever and hopefully she'll be back on the pod a few more times you know whenever we need her she's always always ready to talk softball so it's great that's Amanda Lorenz head on over to the site it's a quick one today head on over to the site d1sobble.com we've got loads of content up there we finished our top 50 programs of 2022 again we're looking at the last decade I know there were some Arkansas Razorbacks fans that were upset that they weren't uh, a little bit higher than than they they wanted but just FYI, they haven't made it to the Women's College World Series. Uh, almost, but uh, it's heavily weighted in the last five years. And also Women's College World Series uh, appearances are uh, heavily weighted. So uh, we still got that up there. Go ahead and check it out. And again, rolling out these fall reports. Uh, Re, anything to add for the week? No, I think the fall reports have been so great. They're going to, you know, we're going to keep rolling them out and I'm just learning tons from the ones that I, you know, I didn't do myself. It's, they're always such a good resource. And if you're heading out to any fall ball games, you, you should catch up before. 
Um, but yeah, it's been great. And those rankings are really fun. I mean, there was generated some chatter, but I think, yeah, people need to read the directions first before they <laughs> comment sometimes. Cause I'm like, it's the last 10 years, you know, otherwise we'd have like in women's basketball, old dominion would still be up at the top 10. So um, we're <laughs> yeah. going more recently bias here. All right. Well, Tara Henry, D1 softball for Rhiannon Potkey. We'll see you all next week.